0: this campus. I tried to pick it up again. I tried to pick it up again on Wednesday night and was unable to do it because there was such a weighty presence of God that fell. Y'all, we are in a season of real visitation. Somebody say visitation. And I know that We have a habitation, as some people would say, the Lord dwells in the midst of us. But there are certain seasons, certain times where he comes and he manifests himself in such a profound way that you have to mark it. In ancient Israel, they would build a memorial at those junctures where the Lord would appear, where he would do certain things. And so I want you to capitalize on this moment of visitation. Somebody say visitation so that we can get from it and extract from it every single thing the Lord has purposed for this hour somebody say amen. amen first corinthians the first chapter beginning at verse 18 through 25 this is one of the support scriptures to the main text i'm picking up right from where i left off somebody say where you left off, left off. say don't recap. don't recap say don't re-preach it, don't re-preach it. Just, flow. just flow okay so first corinthians one eighteen through 25 it says for the message of the cross listen to this is foolishness to those who are perishing. And so if people, I I think I brought this point out, are laughing at the message of the cross, laughing at the message of our salvation, it's only because they are already condemned. Okay? The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is what? It is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? This in context, he's talking about those with high philosophical thought. Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God. It pleased God. Somebody say it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. So he's he's combating the spirit of high intellectualism with the foolish practice of preaching. So in all of their study, all of their understanding, all of their high thought, they could not obtain salvation, although they tried he used the uneducated and sometimes emotional and abrasive disposition of preaching to save them when their philosophy could not. That's the context of this. It says, for Jews request a sign. They want proof that this is what it is. And the Greeks seek after wisdom. They only want idea. But we preach Christ crucified. Not only was he crucified, but you are called to the same crucifixion, that's my note, to the Jews it is a stumbling block and to the Greeks it is foolishness. But to those who are called, say I am called, called. for both Jews and Greeks Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is what? Stronger than men. There's something that I want to pull your attention to that when we talk about where the the scripture says that this is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Somebody say the power of God. Somebody say power of God. We have to understand contextually what the scripture references when it talks about the power of God. Most Pentecostals, when we hear the term power of God, we think about what we just did. Or we think about some great preacher that made us, you know, throw our shoe at them while they were preaching we think about some church display but if we only confine the power of god to our religious experience or ecclesiastical encounters then we are limiting the potency of the power of god god is omnipotent say omnipotent Omnipotent. which means omnipotent so it's many potent say many Many. Potent. potent that means that in his sovereignty he is the consummation of power. Now, we think power, your car, you think the light switch, you think electricity. But you have to recognize that God's power completely supersedes what would happen to you if you got struck by a lightning bolt. That's weakness in comparison to his actual power. Listen to this. The word for power there is dunamis, which means miraculous power. It was dunamis power that got. Archbishop Hartman, off of the deathbed. Somebody say miraculous power. But it also means might. It also means strength. So if God was in the gym working out, that would be dunamis. It means physical power. It means force. It means might. It means ability. It means efficacy. It means energy. It means powerful deeds It means deeds showing physical power, and it also means marvelous works. Power also means the ability to perform. Somebody say amen. Amen. Now, when we deal with the power of God, say it again, the power of God, we're not just talking about the fact that he is sovereign and he has all control. We're talking about enforcement power. Let me give this to you. There are nine levels of angelic beings and activity that are included in the power of God. You ready? Nine levels. The highest orders are the seraphim, the cherubim, and thrones. I'll say it again. Seraphim, cherubim, and thrones. The middle orders are dominions, virtues, and powers the lowest orders are principalities archangels and angels let me run through it real quick again seraphim cherubim thrones dominions virtues powers principalities archangels and angels somebody say amen So when we consider the power of God, we have to take into account every station where God manifests his sovereign power and rule. That means the angelic sphere. It means the sphere of ministry gifts and mantles. It means the sphere of ministry offices and anointings because it is all a part of the power of God. Somebody say the power of God. What made Archbishop's presence here so significant? Now, I'm teaching you something about power. Somebody say power. Power. Because if you only see it through a limited scope, you will never be able to tap into the fullness of what that power is in your life. When Archbishop stands up here as the episcopate, as the minister, as the clergy officer that he is, there is a lot more to him than what meets the eye. Somebody say power. Why did everything that just manifested in here manifest? Somebody tell me why. No, I didn't say ask me why. I said tell me why. Because when he stands here in his apostolic authority, he is standing here as a representation of the Godhead. Y'all catching it? He's standing here not just as a bishop, not just as a shepherd, not just as a pastor, not even just as a senior or elder statesman in the kingdom. As an apostle, when he stands here, he stands here as the fleshly embodiment and representation of the Godhead's power and authority towards the earth. So when he decrees over us that elevation is coming, it's not just a catchphrase that hits the atmosphere that we get excited about, but the angelic layers of power that are assigned to his mantle now are instigated to bring that word to pass. So, watch it, listen. When he decreed it, every single one of us just had a divine visitation. Whether you knew it or not, whether you experienced it or not, because now, and watch this, you don't know what layer of power just manifested. Were it Was it the seraphim and the cherubim? It could have been. How do we know that? Because whenever there are seraphim or cherubim, it's because the presence of God is a manifestation. Because their assignment is to protect his presence. So if God is truly in our midst, there's a seraph somewhere in here. Wow. If he's truly in our midst, there's a cherub. Seraphim is plural. Cherubim is plural. Okay. Y'all looking at me like you. Just... <laughs> if his presence is here. They're there to guard his presence, right? Was it thrones that were in manifestation when he decreed that? Because he's dealing with dominion and authority. How does it work? He decrees, elevation's coming. I'm a walking miracle. I'm alive. I should have been dead. What does that release? It releases the dominion of God to break the tentacles of death off of you. So then it means a throne is in motion are y'all getting it virtue that's what you felt go through how many people felt strength you could have come in here ready to give up and throw in the towel but all of a sudden you're gonna make it another week ain't you you're gonna be all right another week ain't you you're gonna keep going on another day aren't you why because virtue was released well how do you know because there's supernatural strength Come on, y'all acting like you came in here like that. Some of y'all came in here dusted and uh, busted, but now you all of a sudden, you ready to run through a troop and leap over a wall. Why? Because virtue was released or power, principalities, the realm and the domain of a prince. So he stands here in his authority. And the angelic delegation assigned to him now is released to make sure every chain in our lives is completely broken and destroyed. So when the Bible talks about the power of God, there's more to it than just good church. You have to recognize that as the sovereign, that he has consummate rule over every sphere. Are y'all hearing it? He has sovereign control. Somebody say he's in control. When we deal with the potency of our faith, we talked about Christology and we started to talk a little bit about soteriology, which is the study of Christ, the study of salvation and understanding what actually was uh, afforded towards us in salvation. Somebody say amen. amen. We talked about the forgiveness of sin. We talked about being able to repent of our sins because God knew that we would have to repent. The lamb was slain when? from the foundation of the world. We talked about we get to receive healing and we get to receive deliverance. All of this is a part of the atonement. We get to receive prosperity and peace and the restoration of our closeness with God. And above all, we get to enter into the very presence of God. Somebody say, I'm in his presence. True salvation also includes everything that is needed to manifest a godly life on the earth or in the earth. The kingdom's demonstration in your life means that as a citizen of the kingdom you are responsible someone say responsible for colonizing the earth with the culture and the atmosphere of the kingdom of heaven the ecclesia the church is the earthly satellite of God's heavenly government and its system, but the way that you live has to actually exemplify the rule of the kingdom of heaven in and through your life. Somebody say amen. I'm going to try to say that in English. Somebody say amen. This is not our home. The earth is not our home. The Bible says that we are strangers. I believe the King James says that we are aliens. We're just passing through here. This is not our home because we are as uh, born again, blood washed, redeemed believers. We have been born into the kingdom of God. We've been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Somebody say, I'm a light person. Okay, now that we have gained entry into the kingdom of God and we have been filled with his spirit and we are anointed and we're all of that stuff, all of that in a bag of chips. Y'all know Shonday, we got power, we can heal the sick, we can cast out demons. The responsibility of our assignment as kingdom citizens is to colonize the earth with the culture of the kingdom of heaven. Somebody say colonize. Now, I'm not talking about what Europe did when they left Europe and came over here to New England and decided that they were going to dispossess the Native Americans from their land and they were gonna build another country at their expense and bring a whole bunch of Africans over here to build the nation for them. I'm not talking about that colonizing. Somebody say amen. That was a joke. Y'all, y'all ain't go to history school, history class. Somebody say amen. I ain't talking about stealing stuff and infecting them with diseases and stuff and killing them off. And then calling it America. There we go. Got him call up to me. But colonizing the earth means that as a part of the ecclesia, that we have God's kingdom. Somebody say his kingdom. It is within. That's the realm of his sovereignty. That is the realm of his dominion. It is the realm of his omnipotent power. It lives on the inside of us. Say his power is in me. So that means that as citizens of his kingdom, we have the obligation and the responsibility to bring the rule of that kingdom into manifestation in the earth. It means that everything you touch, everything you are connected to, everything that you are a part of, you are supposed to be saturating that with the atmosphere and the very culture of the Lord's kingdom. Somebody say amen. So it is not enough for you to be saved and nobody around you knows that you are a Christian. It's not enough for you to be a part of a corporation and the corporation does not understand God's principles. It's not enough for your presence to be in the earth and you are not steadily and readily injecting the earth with an infusion of the power of God. Somebody say amen, because that is our assignment. What we're dealing with in our generation, I'm going I'm to wind it down. Because some of y'all look like what I say, a bowl of soggy Fruit Loops. <laughs> Part of what we're dealing with in this generation, and we started to talk about this a couple of weeks ago when we were dealing with the occult in the school of the prophets, is that we're dealing with an agenda that is literally set in motion to displace the furtherance of the kingdom of God in the earth. When we deal with apostleship and we deal with the kingdom, we are always talking about a war between gods and nations. Somebody say gods and nations. It is always about which deity is going to rule the land because whatever deity rules the land also rules the people. Somebody say amen. So on the top of Mount Carmel, Jezebel incepted a religious order that was trying to displace Yahweh from his rulership over the nation of Israel. Well, guess what? That force is alive and well in our nation today still trying to do the same thing. So as citizens of the kingdom of God, we have an obligation to occupy the places, the seats of dominion and power and authority in the earth so that God's kingdom always gets its due in our generation. Somebody say amen. Amen for years the church has made this about individual preachers individual uh, fame individual names and lights, and all of that and it has been a travesty because the church has fallen far behind the tide of the times now God is awakening us to recognize that it is no longer about a man behind the pulpit but now it is about the maturation of the saints it is about the body of Christ coming into its place to the fullness of the stature of Christ somebody say amen As we get in position to do what God has called us to do, there are going to be all-out wars against the powers of darkness. Why do we have intercessory prayer the way that we do? Why do we have a guard of prophets? Because we recognize that the church's responsibility is to occupy the seats. You cannot displace a principality in darkness unless you replace it with a principality of light. Somebody say amen. You can't dispossess something and leave it empty and void because there are no voids in the realm of the spirit. If you give the enemy a place, he's going to come and occupy the place because nothing can be empty. Somebody say amen. And so the church is now awakening to a kingdom mentality and awareness that it is about absolute sovereignty. It is about absolute dominion. It is about absolute power. So it is not enough for you to be impotent anymore in the manifestation of your faith. Your faith has got to be able to make something show up to prove that you are actually a part of the kingdom. It is impossible for us to be connected to the multi-potent or omnipotent or the many potent God but yet we are impotent in our expression. We have to come to a place where we do more with the power of God than run around the church and fall out on the floor but where we as citizens of the kingdom begin to manifest what this gospel has really afforded us because it is only foolishness to those who are perishing but for us who are actually saved who have actually stepped out of darkness into light that same gospel is the power of God it means that when we get up in the morning and we begin to decree something everything has got to line up according to the declaration I don't know who I'm talking to it means that when we get in our Posture of setting our face like flint towards something in God that we believe like Daniel that it is releasing something in the atmosphere that's causing angelic powers to be repositioned. And listen, let me tell you something. There are people that only want to see the impotent version of you, but they don't want you to come into your power. But guess what? Tell them that there is a day of destiny that has already been established and I am emerging in into the place and position of power and if you are impotent if you are frail if you are weak if you are intimidated or insecure then you might as well disconnect from me in this season because i'm going after everything that god has assigned to me i need three people to open your mouth and just shout power Power. shout power. power we have got to do take your seats i'm done We've got to step over into the manifestation, Dejan, stop, of what God has placed on us as a local assembly, as a global organization. We are dealing with something, and I can't go into all of that. I can't, I just can't, I can't hit it. Y'all going to have to join Natsar, and y'all going to have to go to Natsar too but we're dealing with an agenda. Let me just put it like this. Somebody say Nats 2 just wave. If you're in Nats 2 just okay, Shande. We're dealing with an agenda in the government. God help me. I know the CIA taps my stuff. I know they. Thank you, I'm protected. The Archbishop said I'm protected. Let me, let me get this. We're dealing with an agenda in the government that has ensnared the souls of people that don't know. And it's a long story, and you're gonna to have to join my class to figure out what it's all about. But there was a New Age witch, I'll say that, someone say New Age witch, New Age. who partnered with a satanic force. And in, I believe this was written somewhere in, around 1948, and she wrote a manifesto for how to get Christianity out of the United States of America within 50 years. She wrote it in 1948. It was a 10-point plan to remove the Judeo-Christian God from his place over America. And in this plan, she highlighted these 10 points that she was going to mobilize certain organizations to undertake. And so at the conclusion of this 50 year period, then we would see a completely different America. Well, we have been studying this and watching it, and I'm telling you, it came to pass. Somebody say it came to pass. That is an example of satanic power. That is an example of someone tapping into the dark side of all of these layers of power and using spiritual authority to ensnare the souls of people. This is why, and and watch this. Can I say this? And I know y'all going to be upset when I say it, but can I say this? Can I say that for 50 years, that whole entire plan was taking its root in this nation and it happened while all the churches were still having church? Can I say that they were still preaching their best sermons and they were still falling out in the floor and frothing at the mouth. And they were oblivious to the insidious plot of the enemy that was going to cause their grandchildren to not even believe in the God that they were at the altar serving. Because there was not a guard in the kingdom of God that could recognize that our assignment is to recognize the plan of the enemy and shut it down. So that's what makes you as kingdom citizens so powerful because you're not here just to go to church as usual. This is not even a just as usual church. You're here to be empowered so that you can recognize your assignment and your position and your calling. This is why we get to run around when we talk about people that have survived things that were meant to kill them. Why? Because the vetting process of God in your life was everything that he permitted that the enemy thought that he was going to use to destroy you. Why did God permit it? Because he had to develop in you the mindset of a warrior. See, you cannot have dominion and talk about kingdom dominion and kingdom takeover if you're not a warrior because you don't know how to deal with the wars that make kings who they actually are so if we are a kingdom of kings and priests it means that we are a kingdom of people that have had some conquests we are a kingdom of people that recognize that the only way that you can be crowned a king is that you've got to have some bodies I know now I'm not talking about in the gang world because some of y'all probably got to Chande, but I'm talking about in the spirit there's got to be some energy. Means that you have taken out with your bare hands there has to have been some resistance that came up against you and you didn't run to the pill bottle to commit suicide but you looked at the resistance in the face and you say guess what even if God did it though he slay me I'm gonna keep trusting him even if he authored this trial I'm not going to give up because there's something inside of me that's pushing We're coming into the place of dominion, but it costs you to get there. We're coming into the place of power and authority but you didn't get there because you look cute and because somebody wanted to elevate you. Archbishop said it. There's a lot of people that have titles and they have no function but there's a lot of people with titles that have no power. If you have real power you better believe that you went through something to get that power. That you had to believe God when it didn't make sense to believe God. That you had to trust God when the very bottom had fallen out of your life. That he even allowed your whole life to be deconstructed just so that you can reconstruct it all over again. If you have power, come on, open your mouth. You pay. You pay the price. I'm just going to stop. Stand up. I got a lot more notes. I ain't doing it. I ain't going through that. It's going to take a lot for us to unpack, Dejan, who we really are and what we have really been called to do. It's going to take a lot because we have sat in church for decades and been taught the wrong stuff. We've sat under people who did not have a thorough education in the word of God, who taught us at a third grade level and expected us to walk out of the church with baby milk and make our lives work. See, some of the stuff that we've had to endure was like collateral damage because we were not equipped to deal with what was out there. And so now we're in a place of catch-up. Of we're in a place where God is shifting things in the earth. He's shifting things in the kingdom. He's shifting things in the church. And he's walking amongst us as the sovereign. He's walking amongst us as the sovereign. But the powerful thing about the, sovereign, uh, the sovereignty of God is not that he just wants us to see his sovereignty. He wants us to see our sovereignty in him. A king. Revelation 1 says... He made us a kingdom of kings and priests. Kings are autonomous rulers. Kings are sovereign in their sphere. Y'all catch that tomorrow. Kings are sovereigns in their sphere. If he made us a kingdom of kings and priests, Warren, that means that in our sphere, that we have a spherical domain where our word is bond. We have a spherical domain, listen y'all, that when we open our mouths, all of these layers of power are there to back us up. You can't be a king without enforcement power because the enemy will come knock down your wall and destroy your kingdom. So if he called us to be kings, he's given us defense. If he's called us to be kings, we have military power. That's why the Bible says, touch not my anointing. There's some people you don't want to get in a war with because you don't know the level of their kingdom. You don't know the power that backs them. You don't know where they walk in God. Come on, y'all. Don't let social media fool you because everybody can go live or everybody can make a post. Don't let it confuse you because in social media, everybody's on an even plane. But God's kingdom has stations. Yes. Come on, y'all. Don't, I know y'all don't like it, but God's kingdom has stations, it has rank, Amen. it has power, yes. it has authority. At my consecration, Bishop Tudor Bismarck, global apostle, spiritual father was there when he made reference to Archbishop Hartman he said I didn't know who he was but then I saw the angelic guard that's assigned to him and he said I had to recognize his rank now to know Bishop Bismarck is to know he don't go around saying stuff like that about people I've traveled with him on the road he doesn't talk like that but he said he saw the angelic delegation assigned to Archbishop Hartman? Somebody say power. Somebody say dominion. Somebody say throne. Somebody say virtue. Say principality. See, now you don't see all of that in that nice black suit. But it's there. You don't see all of that when you look at Prophet Tyra or these other prophets or these other mantled officers, but it's there. Are y'all hearing me? Occupy your seat. It'll take potent faith, but occupy. Occupy the place of power. Occupy the place of dominion. Live your life in such a way that God never has to diminish your spiritual license and latitude. Because sometimes what we deal with, it's not that you're not called and not that you're not anointed, but you violated a principle and God has to shut down the power behind your voice. Live in a way that you get the green light from heaven. Lift your hands up. Father, thank you. To the best of my ability, I release this word. Father, raise this people to the place of potent faith, where everything they believe for in you, that it comes to manifestation. Raise them up, Father, to the place where they occupy the seats of authority the thrones and the dominions the virtues and the powers the principalities the realms of rulership that you have assigned to this era of the kingdom father elevate this people by revelation cause them to see your power your omnipotent strength your ability It's a simple prayer. Take the scales off of their eyes so they can see. In the name of Jesus Christ, Come on, y'all. My my prayer team. Evangelists.